Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan, that's Matt, over there is Ryan, and we are coming at you with episode 592 of the show. Lots to get to on it. We're going to have a rookie report to catch up on how all the top rookies are faring across your league, and we'll also play a Dynasty Doppelganger game to finish the show that Matt has come up with. But first, let's talk to the guys. Ryan, we're just a... Just a few days away from the trade deadline, we are like every team in the league is just doing Houdini acts on, on if they're good or if they're bad by, on a week-to-week basis. It's it's hard to stay caught up with what's going on in the league right now. Yeah, we um, we talked last week about you know really I guess how frustrating fantasy football can be sometimes. Whether you're mm-hmm. you're losing in your dynasty league, you're um, maybe struggling on uh, on the pickums on underdog or something like that and i mean days like uh days like week 8 are a reminder of why this is so challenging sometimes sometimes it feels like we know nothing uh when we see the results of some of these games and the the uh production or lack of production from some players it's you know this this is not just an easy uh roll out the ball and and win the game kind of thing yeah, no doubt. And with that trade deadline, Matt, right around the corner, there could be some movement. There might be news here in the coming days, maybe even before some of our listeners get around to checking out this episode of the pod. With with the state of the league and just the general unknowingness, if that's a way to put it, of what's going to happen <laughs> next, uh, what do you expect in this with this trade deadline right around the corner? You know, I'm always hopeful. We, I believe, it was last year, year before, we had a had had some really fun uh, times at the deadline. And it, there's some there's some teams that look like they could be buyers, right? Like Baltimore has a ton of cap space, uh, and you know they could be looking at some running backs. There's lots of rumors. Maybe Derrick Henry is going there. Although today um, we saw, well, I won't mention him now, but we're going to talk about another player who emerged from Tennessee. Uh, this week, so maybe they're changing their tune there. Maybe Baltimore is is happy what they had after the production they got out of theirs. Um, it kind of it did kind of seem like uh, Denver was maybe featuring Jerry Judy a little bit today. That wasn't um, a touchdown in some regards. Way. Yeah, he caught the touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know, only uh, fifty yards. I know you know not a, not a super impressive game or anything, but it did feel like they were trying to feature him. Who knows if that's going to you know uh, end up in a trade situation for either Judy or Sutton. Um, but those those guys seem like they could move. So I think there's there's lots of things that could happen, but I think I'm I, I, I kind of feel like not a lot is gonna happen. Yeah, that that's that's what we all worry about, Ryan, right? Yeah. I I feel I mean that's kind of the uh, the cold water that likes to get you know, some people like to throw that oh it's the NFL, there's never that many trades and there's all these articles, podcasts, tweets, whatever, and then nothing really ends up happening. And I mean, I do feel like it's been trending in the right direction, a more fun direction over the past couple of years, as Matt mentioned. But just looking at the results from Sunday, you know, the Titans win, the Broncos win. Maybe those teams hold instead of sell now. Um, You know, Kirk Cousins, I don't don't think he was going to get moved at this point, but uh, certainly will not be getting traded now. Same thing for... Like a guy, even a, a lower level guy like Kendrick Bourne in New England, he could have been a trade target. He uh, 
sounds like he injured his knee and, and uh, we'll miss some time. And, and that means he won't be traded. So, so even the, the results of one week in the NFL can impact those trade decisions. And again, that's kind of what we see in, in our dynasty leagues, the results of one week um, uh, of action can spur us to trade or, you know, cause us to hold and, and see what happens next week. And I, I was interested in seeing some of the ancillary pieces throughout the league. You know, there were the rumors that maybe Antonio Gibson or Curtis Samuel could be traded mm-hmm. out of Washington. And make maybe that makes more opportunities for Jahan Dotson, who, what do you know, had a pretty good game in week eight, eight catches, 108 yards and a touchdown. Uh, had to get Jamison Crowder seven grabs for 95 and a score, too. That was that was just mind-boggling. Again, anything can happen on any given Sunday in fantasy. So whether it was CeeDee Lamb or A.J. Brown, Christian McCaffrey carrying you to wins, or guys like Gus Edwards or maybe even DeAndre Hopkins on your bench, hang in there. We'll, uh, we'll be there right with you throughout the season. But let's get to the show. We Like I said, got a lot to cover, and that includes an impressive debut. The Startup. Yeah, I teased it just there, and I think most of you know exactly where we're headed here. It's Will Levis, your boy, Ryan, the Kentucky bleed blue down there. Uh, And Levis, if you look at the stat line, it looks great. 19 for 29 versus the Falcons in his first career start. 238 yards and four scores. Three of those touchdowns go to DeAndre Hopkins, who looks invigorated. They had like a celebration planned out together. That was... Yeah. intriguing for sure. Those guys are getting along. And I guess if you're going to throw them, throw them the ball as much as uh, Levis did, the Hopkins will be happy with just about anybody under center. Uh, like I said, the stat line looks real good. Levis, uh, if you saw the highlights, looked real good on the highlights. The the flick of the wrist, the deep, the pretty deep ball, all the things we knew about coming into the draft process and, and throughout his weight on the bench were all true. Not many of us expected the success that he had. No interceptions in the four scores, though. No, I mean, I don't think even even as the biggest Levis fan, the biggest Titans or, or even Kentucky fan uh, expected what we saw on Sunday um, with with the way he played. And again, obviously in his debut makes it even more impressive. I did find the list and, and tweeted this, the list of uh, quarterbacks in their starting debut to throw four touchdowns, to throw four, four touchdowns, excuse me. And Marcus Mariota was on that list. The rest dating back uh, dozens of years, not a very impressive list. So this is, uh, that alone does not lock uh, Will Levis in for, for future fantasy success, but uh, yeah, he sure did, sure did look good. And uh, as, as poor as some of the players around the league uh, played on Sunday, I think Ryan Tannehill was was the real loser here. I, we we might have seen the last of Ryan Tannehill on an NFL field, and you know maybe maybe that that does push the Titans to trade him. You know maybe maybe Tannehill's a Viking uh, by Tuesday. Oh boy, and you know there's there's no reason to go back to Tannehill like you mentioned there. There's no reason to give Malik Hook or excuse me Malik Willis another shot under center. He can continue to play that role that he played on Sunday versus the Falcons, Matt. You're, you've been uh, uh, a naysayer, I would say, when it comes to sure. Will Le- Levis. I'm, I'm not guessing you're, you're crossing over based on this performance for sure, but 
it has to be at least a feather in the cap of of Levis and his upside to do this on day one as a starter. I mean, absolutely. I think in in, in week three, week four, something like that, I was calling for Levis to to get some starts because Tannehill clearly was not the the guy to to make this this offense do anything. Right? Uh, they were down weapons. Uh, they have in, had injuries up and down the roster all season long. Um, you might as well throw the young guy there and 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 see what he has. And I mean blew everybody's expectations out of the water he did have those three passes touchdown passes of 30 or more yards which was extremely impressive I think probably one or two of those were broken covers but regardless he was on target with that deep throw um, so we'll have to see how it goes uh, this upcoming schedule is not that daunting either we've got the Steelers up next week on Thursday night followed by the Bucks the Jaguars the Panthers the Colts um, so, you know, the, the wheels up for, for Levis, he's certainly going to get an opportunity here to show that he's the future in Tennessee. And, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly hope that I'm wrong with my pre-draft assessment of him. I wonder, is this enough to make him super flex worthy, Ryan? Are, are you going to be considering him if you were streaming, maybe you lost cousins this week and, and you'll have a couple of bottom of the barrel, number two and number three quarterbacks here. That's a that's enough in this first start to put him in your lineup a week from now if you're if you if you're really in need with these buys coming up. Well, it's absolutely enough to consider him not only Levis's performance himself, but what we saw from the rest of the league's quarterbacks on Sunday. Uh, I already mentioned Kirk Cousins. Unfortunately, looks like his season is over. Uh, Matt Stafford left the game. Kenny Pickett left the game. Tyrod Taylor left the game, and you know that's on top of a long list of quarterbacks who were already out Deshaun Watson and Daniel Jones guys that, that we've been counting on uh, Justin Fields as well. You know, we've been counting on these guys to put them in our lineup and we've had to resort to, uh, to starting second, third tier guys, uh, you know, even Josh Dobbs and, and, and some of these players throughout the season so, so far. So absolutely. I think this has to put Levis in the, uh, you know, in that streaming quarterback range where you, maybe you plug him in as your QB2 um, moving forward. The other thing you probably noticed if you watched this football game was Derrick Henry was back in that lead role. In fact, he played 43 snaps to Tyje Spears's 29. So a little bit of a difference there. The game script, of course, um, lended itself to that. Henry, 22 carries for 101 yards. Meanwhile, Tajay Spears, just three carries for 27. Both of them caught a few balls as well in that game. Uh, anything else to add here? Based on what you said there, Ryan, about the just the, I don't know, a lack of effectiveness at the quarterback position, what, what else is there to expect across? We've seen all these rookie quarterbacks now. There aren't any more debuts coming up down the pike that are, that are going to help us out as far as dynasty managers. There's going to be a lot of streaming with all these injuries and, and the poor play in that same game. Even Taylor Heineke filled in for Desmond Ritter in the second half. There's there's just so many unknowns under center right now across the league. Yeah, I mean, I think big picture, it's clearly been one of the stories of the season so far is uh, the quarterback play, the quarterback injuries. And I think it just makes those top tier guys that we spend so much time talking about even more valuable. You know, it makes the, the Jalen hurts uh, Joe Burrow had, a, had a great game on Sunday, really those top seven or eight guys, uh, whoever you might consider in that top tier makes them even more valuable than they would be on their own. Uh, because that gap from 
tier one to everybody else is is widening every time we have one of these injuries. You mean those top tier quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, who probably scored you four or five mm. points in your league, or Lamar Jackson, who barely reached double digits. Uh, just so many, so many inconsistencies across the league. Before we get to our next segment, we should mention that this episode is brought to you by our friends over there at League Tycoon. If you play in a contract dynasty league or have ever thought about joining a contract league, but maybe you were worried that it would be too much work, then you're going to want to check out League Tycoon. League Tycoon has perfected a platform for fantasy football salary cap and contract leagues. Leagues are super easy to set up. They offer a ton of configuration and management options. League Tycoon's mobile app makes managing your team so easy. In fact, their mobile app may be the best fantasy football league mobile app in the industry. It's feature-rich, easy to navigate, and doesn't have a lot of distracting features to take away from the pure fantasy football enjoyment. So go to LeagueTycoon.com to get more information and download the app. And if you use the promo code DLF when creating a league, your first year is absolutely free. It's time for the Rookie Report. Yeah, let's uh, let's go through some of these top rookies, go position by position and discuss each of them and how we value them moving forward. Might as well start under center at the quarterback position. I think, I think the first quarterback we should mention – Guys, it really should be C.J. Stroud and and the success he's had down there in Houston. Maybe surprising success for some. And I know the Texans lost this week, Matt. That You know, he's playing head-to-head against Bryce Young, those two top picks. And Stroud only threw for 140 yards while Bryce Young went for 235 and a score. But Stroud's been impressive so far as a rookie. He doesn't turn the football over, doesn't take too many sacks. And there's a... I guess there's a path when you watch him play to seeing him taking leaps and bounds steps into becoming a, a fantasy every week starter. Oh, no, absolutely. I think he already is there as an every week starter. It was a little bit disappointing coming out of the bye. Um, I think you could say that he got uh, outplayed today by Bryce Young in, in some regards, but over the course of the entire season so far, obviously Stroud is, is, has been the better quarterback. Um, and, and I certainly wish I had diversified between the two of those and rookie drafts where I had the option to take Stroud or Young. I pretty much went Young every time. Um, and that was, that was obviously a mistake, uh, at least through these first eight weeks. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think we should discount what Stroud has done this season just because of a, a lackluster performance today. Uh, and it wasn't really, you know, terrible. It was just, you know, it, the the whole offense kind of struggled. So, um, Stroud is definitely the winner out of these two uh, for the course of the season. From what I say in in that football game, Ryan, I was just watching on on Red Zone. Of course, Damian Pierce had a touchdown taken. It was kind of an kind of an ugly game really. And neither quarterback really grabbed the bull by the horns and, and took control of that football game. Houston leading late until Carolina kicks the uh, closing field goal to win it. So maybe not as many takeaways for these two quarterbacks from this game specifically, but when you look at these two who were compared against each other throughout the draft process and really over the last year or two, it, it's hard not to at this point say C.J. Stroud maybe should have been the number one pick in the draft. The Panthers won't say that, but we sure could. Well, the Panthers have have almost said that. I mean, Frank Reich uh, all but said that uh, in in some interviews recently. So, 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, depending on how you're looking at this, you know, from an NFL draft standpoint, as you said, it was kind of young versus Stroud. From a fantasy standpoint, it was young versus Anthony Richardson as far as who we wanted to take first. And yeah, uh, I think Richardson was was the lean there for the most part, but Bryce Young certainly had his supporters as well. And and Stroud honestly wasn't really considered over either one of those guys. Um in, in typical rookie drafts. And now I think Bryce Young is, is the clear QB three among, among these three guys in this rookie class. Let's bring Anthony Richardson into the conversation, Ryan. We've talked about him a couple times this season, but with the injury and going on IR, having this surgery and ending that uh, freshman season in the league here for Anthony Richardson, not many more opportunities really to talk about him. My my gut tells me that when startup season rolls around, Anthony Richardson's his stock is going to soar once again. He's going to quickly make his way into the top seven, eight for sure quarterbacks in dynasty. And maybe we're sleeping on that just slightly right now. If there was a, any kind of window to pry him away from somebody, maybe right now is that time. Yeah, absolutely. It, and as is the case with most injuries, uh, the, the the further along we go, the more valuable that player is going to become or the more value that player will regain, I guess I should say. And, and looking at Stroud, as, as good as he's been, he has four QB1 games already this year. Uh, but quarterback 10 is is his highest, uh, highest finish. So uh, all four times he's been the quarterback 10, 11, or 12 on the week. And um, – I'm not ready to question his ceiling long-term, but I think it's pretty clear and obvious that Anthony Richardson has a much higher ceiling than CJ Stroud on a weekly basis and, and ultimately uh, over the full seasons to come. So uh, I think it's Richardson as the top option. I totally agree with you, Dan, that uh, he's, he's going to, he's going to be a, a very highly sought after asset this off season in those uh, super flex startup drafts. Matt, if you had to list the quarterbacks above Anthony Richardson in August of next year in our ADP, how many names do you think you'd come up with? Um, I'm going to say five to six. I think he's QB seven pretty easily. And I think he's, there's an argument for him to be five or six. Sure. Uh, the same should be said about B. John Robinson at the running back position. Just, just so valuable in the dynasty space, but there's something holding back his numbers on the field for Richardson. It's been the injuries for (laughs) Bijan Robinson though. It's that coaching staff and the usage. And if you, Mm -hmm. if if you watch the Atlanta Falcons, Matt, and you, you, you watch closely because maybe you have Bijan Robinson on your team and maybe you want him to see the ball 20 times in a game. It just can't happen because Tyler Algier is going to get his touches the 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 coaching staff doesn't appear to know how to use the the weapons they have on the on the perimeter either so why would we expect all of a sudden Bijan Robinson to get more touches than than 11 or 12 which is what we're get, becoming accustomed to on Sunday 11 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown he did have five targets but didn't catch a pass it's frustrating right now to watch Bijan on the field so, so frustrating. I mean, this entire offense is frustrating. It just like from the press conference from Arthur Smith last year and the comments about Bijan's uh, headache or migraine 
Uh, it's just like nothing, none of it makes any sense, but like they, you know, they're four and four. Are they going to make a move away from Arthur Smith? It seems like the, the, the this is a front office that, that kind of sticks by their coach for, for multiple seasons. Um, but it just, it's, just, I mean, we talk about it every week, how frustrating it is with, with, with the, with the receiving weapons in London and Pitts and, it's 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 trickled down to Bijan at this point, you know, unless there was some lingering hangover from his issues last week, which I certainly don't want to downplay. But like, it's clear that this he wants us to be a split backfield. Uh, it's clear that he doesn't care about the production as long as the winds come. Maybe the winds will stop coming. They certainly certainly didn't come today. So uh, I think that's 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 the hope for Bijan is that he gets into uh, a coaching gets with the coaching staff that's going to use him for his abilities. He has he opened the season with two twenty point fantasy games. He had an eighteen point fantasy game a couple of weeks later. Otherwise, we're talking about eleven twelve you know thirteen points. He's the RB ten in fantasy right now. I think most of us expected him to be in the top five. Yeah, I thought it fitting at the end of that game, guys, that the Falcons had a chance to come back and get that, steal that victory. And after the, or I know Drake London was off the field, but they still had Kyle Pitts. They still had uh, uh, Bijan Robinson on the field. They threw the ball on fourth down to Van Jefferson, who dropped the pass yeah. and the game ended. So just, just a perfect pinpoint picture of that Falcons coaching staff and how they use their players in big time, big time moments. It it did Hahn, feel like yeah, yeah you're right so so bad it did feel like uh, Robinson's usage was a little better once Heineke came in uh, so yeah. that that felt good but even after the game it, it you know the coaching staff immediately um, suggested that that they didn't bench Ritter for performance reasons. Uh, which doesn't really make sense because he reportedly passed concussion protocol. So what, what was it? Uh, But you know, that, that kind of feels like that means they're going back to Ritter. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I I got that impression. So, so frustrating. So frustrating. Um, All that being said, I, I don't think, I don't think any of that is enough to push Robinson off the rookie RB one line or the no. dynasty RB one line. I think he's, he's still there based on uh, what we've seen so far. Do I do kind of feel though. Uh, I do kind of feel that maybe the tier had like, he's not necessarily in a tier all of his own anymore. Are you guys feel similarly to that? Like, I feel like I could throw two or three names in there with him. I don't think so. I'm, we're, we're all just waiting for that Saquon usage. That's the only thing holding him back at this t- at this point, right? If he gets Saquon type usage where he's targeted in the passing game regularly and is and is leaned on as the workhorse runner, he we all see the potential for him to to score like Christian McCaffrey, score like score like Saquon when when he has an offensive line. So, uh, you know, I I don't think so. I'll I'll keep him on that on on the top of that or in the top tier by himself at this point. Yeah, me me too. Um I f- yeah, I feel like some of those guys are 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 gaining on him maybe, uh but not enough to be in the same tier for me. Uh, essentially, if they're in the same tier, I feel like if I'm on the clock, I would consider one over the other. Uh or I I would be just as happy with one as as the other guy and and that's not the case. I I still clearly value Bijan over any other running back really. So he's in, he's still in a a tier of his own and, 
as I've said with London and Pitts, I think they all outlast that coaching staff. Um, yeah. it, it, it's tough to be patient in season when we, we can see the points, the fantasy points being left out on the field. Um, but, but big picture, these are all still guys I want on my, on my dynasty rosters. I think most dynasty managers at this point would put two names in the next tier of rookie running backs. For sure. They'd be Jameer Gibbs and Devon a chain. I would certainly include Zach Charbonnet in that tier of, of rookies, uh, especially after watching him on Sunday afternoon in limited carries, guys. Charbonnet, once again, looked good. And really, he's looked good throughout the season. Only five carries, but 53 yards. Broke off a couple 10-plus yard runs. In fact, he had a 20-yarder a down the right sideline that I thought if he could have kept his feet, there might have been a cutback for a long touchdown. Kenneth Walker who's been playing through injury here recently, had just eight carries. So when you, in the game on Sunday, I'm talking, of course, but uh, gobbled up 66 yards as well. When you consider Charbonnet and the rest of these rookies, or these other two rookies at least, Gibbs and A-Chain, do you feel like these guys are closer to a tier together, or is Charbonnet, because of the usage, still on the outside looking in? He's still way on the outside looking in for me. I, to me, Bijan, Gibbs, and A-Chain, along with Brees Hall, are the top four running backs, like, pretty clearly to me, um, with, with with CMC thrown in there. But in terms of the rookies, it's the top – these top three, like, uh, there, there's a pretty big chasm, I think, between A-Chain, Gibbs, and Charbonnet right now. It's only the usage. The, the, the chance – the, the uh, non-opportunity to get on the field that's holding Charbonnet back. I, you know, if you watch every carry he's had as a rookie, and even going back into the preseason when he – man, he looks so good in that Vikings preseason game. I I just feel like there he's a superstar waiting to happen. He He's a guy that – can contribute as both a pass catcher and a runner between the tackles and outside on the perimeter. And it's only Kenneth Walker and his questionable health history that's keeping him from being a top five fantasy running back uh, for for stretches of the season. I really do believe it's coming this season and people's eyes are going to be open. Ryan, what what are your thoughts on this group of runners? Yeah, I guess I'm kind of in between uh, your all's opinion on on these three. Um, Gibbs and Achan would be in a tier of their own among rookie uh, among the rookie running backs. Again, if I'm on the clock right now and in that that Halloween startup draft, uh, maybe we should maybe we should get yeah. that going. But um, <laughs> I would just so not, common. I, you know, I, <laughs> I would not consider Charbonnet over either of the other two. I still like him. I agree with you, Dan. That. I do think the usage is coming, hopefully not through injury, but I think the usage is coming and I think Charbonnet is going to be in a position to, to really gain some value. And maybe that puts him in this tier at that point, but uh, at this moment, no, I I would, I would go uh, Gibbs and then Achan if we're uh, re-ranking these players at this point. I just think it is going to require an injury. Like they seem very committed to Walker as long as he is healthy. Yeah, it certainly appears that way. Of course, we haven't seen A-Chan in a couple weeks since the injury. He's going to miss a couple more games before he gets off IR. Gibbs doesn't play until Monday night. We're recording on Sunday night, of course. We'll see how that goes without uh, without anybody else in that backfield to take away touches. How about the top tier of rookie wide receivers? I th- most dynasty analysts probably had JSN at the top of that list, of course. 
JSN had a big game on Sunday against the Browns, caught three passes only, but for 36 yards and that touchdown looked pretty good doing it. Once again, limited reps with Metcalf and Lockett both on the field and getting nine or excuse me, 14 and nine targets respectively. JSN is slowly picking up steam, I would say. But it's Jordan Addison behind him and Puka Nakua behind him that have really put up the numbers to this point, Ryan. We got to throw Zay Flowers into this conversation because he's been good, a little bit up and down, but very good uh, for the season. This is a nice foursome of rookie wide receivers. We're we're lucky to be able to talk about these guys, and we have a man. Next year's class is as good or better, right? It's such an exciting time to have young wide receivers on your dynasty team. Yeah, this is the if if we're comparing preseason rookie rankings to uh, what they might look like here eight weeks in, this is the position that that I would say is has been the most changed, and it goes back to not only JSN and and kind of a slow start. We also, you know, we didn't even men- mention Quentin Johnston, uh, and and honestly, he probably doesn't deserve to be mentioned in this group. But right. uh, those two guys have lost some value while uh, Addison and, and Nakua specifically have really shot up the, uh, the ranks. And I think it's fair to at least consider Addison and, and Nakua both as dynasty wide receiver ones at this point in, inside that top 12. And to me, they are the top two rookie receivers, and JSN would actually be four behind Flowers. What's nice about Addison is we've seen him kind of step up his game, take, take his game to the next level, since the Justin Jefferson injury, of course, that Monday night game against the 49ers, stealing that ball away, had the two touchdown game, looked good against the Packers on Sunday as well. But already a wide the wide receiver 13, so nearly a wide receiver one in October ADP. Nakua right behind him at wide receiver 16, 26 overall. These are guys that you're going to have to spend second round picks on to get on your dynasty team. Matt, when you look at this foursome of wideouts and Zay Flowers, uh, or excuse me, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Zay Flowers all the way down at 29 and 32, respectively, in ADP wide receiver 17 and wide receiver 19 in October, that's going to continue to rise. These young receivers are putting up numbers that, that make you put them in your lineup every single week. Really, the sky's the limit for their upside. Yeah, Addison Flowers, Dakua, every week starters and Jigma trending that way. I think he certainly, maybe not, maybe people didn't play him this week since there were no bye weeks, but I think he's certainly flex worthy uh, on bye weeks. And, you know, if he keeps picking up steam, I think he, there's, it's, it's a non-zero, not a, not a, not a non-zero chance, not a zero chance, sorry, um, that he could catch all of these guys and emerge as, as the, still the, the wide receiver one from the rookie class. Addison, we know Cousins injury is going to hurt. We have Jaron Hall as the, I think the only other quarterback on the roster right now for the Vikings. So we're going to have to see how that plays out. Uh, and then Flowers, we just haven't seen that massive game yet, right? We haven't seen, I mean, he's been consistent uh, producer for us in that wide receiver three kind of range, flex, flex worthy kind of range all season long. But that massive game just hasn't come yet. I'm, I'm sure it will. Um, and then Nakua, I mean, we, we don't have to mention Nakua. I think he's, I think personally, he's number one amongst this list. You can say Addison is, I think, uh, you know, based on draft capital, certainly, and, and the production certainly has been nice as well. But for me, Nakua is the, the, the one this year in this class so far. But um, 
you know, I, I think you could organize these guys any which way and still be happy with, with which one you have. There are so many other wide receivers we could talk about that have impressed, including Tank Dell and, and Marvin Mims. Josh Jones has been good, especially recently. Rashi Rice as yep. well. Jaden Reed's had a little bit of success. Michael Wilson too, but this class is uh, full of really, really any pick your flavor of of what kind of receiver you want on your team. Um, we'll see how it how could, it plays out. Could, Go ahead. Can we stop with Jake Bobo though? Could we stop with with the four point nine nine forty? Man, I kind of <laughs> like, like him. He's a contested ball guy. He, he does look good. You know he who, who he reminds me a little bit of is because I'm a Packer fan is Alan Lazard. That's kind of the player. Like, if he, if he becomes Alan Lazard, that's a pretty good career for Jake Bobo. Sure. And Lazard yeah. was dynasty relevant here for a minute, so maybe Bobo will for for a stretch as well. Um, let's get to the tight end position because there's a couple tight ends worthy of talking about for sure, and it starts with Dalton Kincaid and Sam Laporta. Kincaid, of course, had that tight end room to himself. Uh, here this past week and, and looked good in the role, scored his first touchdown uh, in the NFL after catching five passes for 61 yards on, or excuse me, 65 yards on seven targets in that score. Kincaid looks like he could be a difference maker, could be what maybe the Buffalo Bills need at this point, a, a true number two pass catcher in the middle of the field to to replace Gabe Davis, who also had a had a really big game, but to be honest, it feels like Gabe Davis should be that specialty player and they need the consistency of Kincaid potentially. So the question now is, did Kincaid level up? Is he now that guy that we can count on? Or was this just a breakout game from a rookie tight end and it's going to be an up and down ride from here, Matt? I think with the breakout is coming now with Knox sideline with that injury. Um, it's it, he, they finally started using Kincaid down the field instead of like the the the, the super charged, uh, very expensive version of Cole Beasley. Right, he started to get increase that A dot last week, and I mean it, it, I think it's clear that he's more going to be a more reliable target than Gabe Davis is, who's still going to have those big plays downfield. But I think Kincaid is emerging as the the second option in that passing offense behind Diggs. And then Laporta, who who soared to tight end four in our ADP, 49 overall. So already a fifth-round pick, high fifth-round pick in startup drafts, Ryan. He's looked really good, a big part of that offense. Certainly, he's really at this point already what we want Kincaid to step into uh, throughout the rest of this season. Laporta, in a good offense, in a good situation, certainly looks like uh, a every week starter for the next 10 years for your dynasty team. Is this a, is this a surge? Is this a, is this an eight or 10 week stretch that we'll look back on and say, man, we got duped or is Laporta the real deal to you? I think Laporta is the real deal, but I mean, through this conversation, maybe he's the, maybe he's the tight end version of CJ Stroud. Um, I do think, we haven't seen that ceiling from Sam Laporta yet. And that definitely does not mean that's not there. Um, but he doesn't have a hundred yard game yet. He uh, doesn't have. Yet. Yeah. So in <laughs> one game, I mean, they do touch well, in one game. That's Yeah. But I'm saying he, he's, he's not putting up those Kittle Kelsey, even Hawkinson no. type numbers yet. Like I feel like, I just feel like there's more to come and, and I, I do think that's coming. I think, uh, you know, he's, he, 
he's deserving of the tight end four ranking, maybe even higher if you want to get aggressive with that. Um, but there's there's some meat on the bone with Laporta here. And, and yeah, Laporta versus Kincaid, I, I want Laporta. You guys, it, considering ADP, though, if you have to take Laporta at pick 49 or you can wait and get Dalton Kincaid at 77, which one are you going oh. with there? It's a pretty big gap. I definitely prefer, prefer Laporta straight up, but with a, what is that, 30-pick gap, I I think I think I might lean Kincaid, I guess. I would lean Kincaid, too. I'd, I'd, I also expect Kincaid to be a to be a riser uh, over yeah. the next month. That's going to get so. a lot closer. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's going to move up for sure. And, and Laporta in that 49 range, man, it's hard to pass on the wide receivers that you typically find around there. You can get guys like George Pickens in that range. So uh, probably going to probably going to go that way rather than going uh, with Laporta when Kincaid's available later. Um, so that does it for the rookie report. We got through as many as we could. And I guess we'll play that doppelganger game. Dynasty doppelganger. Hey guys, let's play a game. <laughs> Let's hit both of them. We're doing both of them, right? I was hoping you would. I was hoping you would. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. All right, we're gonna we're gonna play uh, some Dynasty Doppelganger here. Um, this is sometimes we we we've used this uh, this segment uh, uh, several different ways, but today we're gonna use it to play a game, uh, and it always comes down to uh, we're looking at ADP and players that that have the exact same ADP down to the decimal point. So we get we get a handful of those players uh, every single month when we collect our uh, ADP through the mocks run by Ryan. So we're going to start off with some easier ones. We're just going to go back and forth. You're going to tell me uh, which of the two players that have the same ADP have the higher trade analyzer value. So we do get these occurrences where the uh, ADP def- doesn't necessarily match what the trade analyzer value is. So it should be fun. We're going to have a couple of easy ones each and get progressively harder as we go. So we'll start with Ryan on this one. We have AJ Brown and Christian McCaffrey each with an ADP of eight point seven five exactly. Which one of these guys has the higher trade analyzer value? I'm going to go with AJ Brown. That is correct, but not by uh, not, not by as much as people might think. Uh, he has a trade analyzer value of eight fifty nine point seven seven. And McCaffrey has 824.77. So these guys are pretty close there. I think most of us are leaning the wide receiver uh, in almost every build that we personally do, but certainly an argument for McCaffrey. A.J. Brown, though, broke the record for six straight games of 125 or more yards today. Just incredible. What was nice about that, too, guys, was that it didn't take away from our guy, Devonta Smith, who went seven for 99 in a score. So there's room for both yeah. of those guys to score points for us. Absolutely. All right, Daniel, back up to over to you. Okay. We've got two two players with an ADP of 23.5. Those two players are Travis Kelsey and DK Metcalf. Uh, I'm going to take DK Metcalf. We'll take the younger player there. Correct. Again, uh, big, much bigger margin here than the first two. Uh, 624.8 for Metcalf, 492 for Kelsey. Um, going over to back to Ryan, we have... Uh, two players with an average ADP of 61.75. So that is the early sixth round. We have Joe Burrow and Kyle Pitts. And again, these are one quarterback values. Mm. Joe Burrow, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, they're definitely getting more difficult as we go. Um, (laughs) 
I'm going to go with, uh, I'll go with Kyle Pitts here. Yeah, I was going to go with Ooh, Pitts as well. Incorrect. Oh, we both would have been Incorrect, wrong, Brian. Joe Burrow, 390.64. Kyle Pitts, 334.33. Hmm. Who do you want there, Matt? And <laughs> one quarterback league is still Pitts for me. Yeah. Although, you know, Burrow had a nice back, back, bounce back game. Um, okay, Dan. Uh, Joe Mixon and Tajay Spears both have an ADP of 90.25. Oh, I like what Spears <laughs> has been doing. I'm going to go with Spears on that one. Go Spears. That is correct. 192.73 to Mixon's 173.8. Ryan, what did you say? Oh, I just said that was an interesting one. Yeah, it is an interesting one. Mixon uh, probably at his best game of the year on Sunday against a tough 49ers defense. Of course, the Bengals won that one 31 to 17, but Mixon 16 carries for 87 and a score. And uh, I think I also caught he caught three for 23, but looked different, right? Looked a little bit more explosive mm-hmm. than he has in recent weeks. So there was a moment there in that game that I thought maybe Joe Mixon, if dynasty players were watching that game, maybe he recovered enough value to at least get something for him because it felt like recently, yeah. Ryan, he's been almost worthless. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Spears is Spears is on the way up as Mixon's on the way down. So you got that one right. Uh, I think I would have gone Spears there as well. Yeah, this is this is the this is the sell window for Joe Mixon, though. I think. It's, yes, it's not. I, huge. I was going to mention not a big that. window. Hurry. <laughs> uh, we should we're not mention... looking at a picture window here. This is one of those like bathroom windows, small ones. You you better get through it, it's, it while you can. It, it's like one of those windows in Vegas that only open about six inches. You know. But yeah. To, you yep. know, throw stuff out of them. Take yeah. advantage. Uh, and we should mention, uh, I think, that Christian McCaffrey also broke a record today. Seven street, teen straight games with a touchdown. Hey, if My we uh, took time to to mention every record CMC breaks, we'd never get to anybody <laughs> else. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, uh, Ryan, we're back to you. Uh, two right. players that have an exact ADP of 102.5. Those two players are DeAndre Hopkins and Luke Musgrave. Oh, I know which side I'd be on. Um, well, of course, this was uh, this data was collected before Sunday's game, so I'm going to go with Luke yeah. Musgrave. <laughs> yeah, you got, that is correct, you but that not by much. One hundred two hundred five for Musgrave and one hundred one point four seven, less than half a point uh, separating those guys, mm. or just over half a point rather. Good job. <clears throat> okay, um, Dan, back to you. We have two players with an ADP of 124.5. Those two players are Cam Akers and Jonathan Mingo. Mm. Uh, well, the trend says that the younger up-and-coming player is the guy to go to go with. Um, you know, we, we mentioned Mingo a week ago on the show, and we said that, you mm-hmm. know, his value, man, it just – there, there isn't much value at this point because he he hasn't done all that much. But on Sunday against the Texans, he actually caught a few passes, a four for 62 on five targets. Looked pretty good doing it, I thought. And my gut tells me it's Mingo that people are still out there trying to buy him. But, you know, Akers hasn't looked all that bad, still only 24 years old uh, in Minnesota in a backup role. I'll, I'll go with Mingo, though. 
Mingo's correct, 86.83 to Acres 74.07. Um, okay, Ryan, uh, two players with an ADP of 132.25. Those players are Sky Moore Ugh. and Deshaun Watson. Don't make me throw up. Oh, my gosh. For both of these players, though, right? Yeah, for oh. which one? Sky Moore's um, drop towards the end of the game in the end zone is the brutal. reason why he shouldn't be brutal. an NFL wide receiver. <laughs> I gosh, both of these guys are so disappointing. I'll I'll go with Watson here. I don't yeah, know if I would have the right answer. Yeah, that's the right answer. And it's actually by percentage basis, it's the biggest gap of any uh players, not two players on this list. Sky Moore's coming in at sixty six oh one and Watson at one twelve point fourteen. So. Yeah, that was a I thought that was a pretty easy one. Nobody wants Sky Moore right now. Yeah. All right, Dan. For you, 136 for ADP for both of these guys, Jordan Love and Raheem Mostert. You save this one for me (laughs) specifically. Um, I may have. Oh, boy. Do you think this one's easy, Ryan? I'm not saying anything. This one is (laughs) difficult. Mostert's 31, Love's 24, starting quarterback. Oh. I get. I'm gonna say even lead. in one quarterback, I'm gonna say love. Well, they should have said Mostert. Should have went with yes, the other guy. Love coming in at sixty point four four, and Raheem Mostert with one hundred five. Wow, seven six. I needed you to miss one. Four I more. thought that was Mostert. You did. So You're right. Yeah. yeah. Well, so the. I mean, maybe we should have said this at at the beginning before we started, but really the reason that these numbers are different than ADP are the trade analy- trade analyzer values. They do incorporate ADP. They also incorporate yes. uh, DLF rankings. And most importantly, I think they, they include, um, yeah, they, they factor in actual trades that are happening. And I mean, think about it again, in a one quarterback league, what are you paying for Jordan Love? What are you paying for? Raheem Absolutely Mostert? nothing. It's very, <laughs> very, very different right now. Yep, good point. Two two more each, guys. Uh, we are over We're tied, two. I believe. Ryan, we are tied three to three. Hmm. Ryan, A.J. Dillon and Bryce Young both have an ADP of 141. Boy, we're digging deep now. <clears throat> Bryce Young. Yeah, I would go with Young, too. That is incorrect. Oh, Bryce Young. oh, wait, I lied to you. Sorry, I lied. I lied. I lied. That's correct. I, oh. I highlighted. I lied. I'm oh, sorry, Christ. Dan. I didn't want to give you false hope there. Uh, Rice Young, 90.41 and AJ Dillon, 58. I was going to say, I don't even think that one's that close. We're, we Something's wrong with that analyzer. I guess we're keeping it honest. No. Well, you have, uh, you know, Sky Moore at 66, more valuable than AJ Dillon's. Jordan Love just barely more valuable than AJ Dillon. Um, okay. Ryan took the lead there four to three back to you, Dan, Brandon cooks and Michael Mayer, 162.25 overall for both. Uh, I'm going to take the rookie in mayor in that one. Yeah. Easy one. You've, you figured yeah, out the trend here. Huh? I, get, I got you the got layup it. on that one. Cooks the way player and mayor. Uh, he's had a couple games where dynasty players are saying, okay, that's why I drafted him in the second round uh, in dynasty rookie drafts over the summer. Okay, tied up uh, going into the final round. 
getting real deep here, dun, guys. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, we're going to go with Ryan for you. Uh, this is both players have an ADP of 168.75. We're yeah. talking about Gus Edwards and Michael Gallup. <laughs> Not counting today's game, probably. <laughs> can you imagine trading for Michael Gallup? Um, can you imagine <laughs> I'm seeing... <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. I'm going to go with Gus Edwards for Gus that Edwards. reason, right? Nobody's trading for Michael Gallup. Yeah, you would you would think that would be correct, but actually it is Michael Gallup with a score of 30.42 to Gus Edwards 27.72. Uh, oh, hey, listen. You build around if That's how I go out. Right? I'm okay with it. <laughs> I, I think it might how you go out. I, I feel like this next one is I don't know. I, I think Dan's probably going to get it. Uh, but we're going to do the tiebreaker anyway, just for fun. Um, Dan, your last one here. For the win. Ezekiel Elliott has an ADP of 207. Also with an ADP of 207 overall is Tyler Conklin. You think this one's super easy? <laughs> kind of. I don't. I Okay. I don't maybe because maybe I can see the answer. Yeah, that, that makes it easy. Um, Conklin... The 28-year-old tight end and Zeke, the 28-year-old running back. I, You know, if I saw this trade, I think I want Conklin in that trade in Dynasty. So I'm taking Conklin. Dan, you, 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 you we're going to the tiebreaker for real because you got this one wrong. Tyler oh. Conklin, trade analyzer value of only 8.98. Ezekiel Elliott at 28.43. So, you know, not fantastic, but a little more valuable than than Conklin right now. At least in the eyes of the trade. I know Zeke's getting a few. All right, guys, tied up. But I don't want Zeke. We are tied four to four. The final one. We're going to do, actually, I I think we should do this one at the same time. Okay. um, Because there are three players involved in this one. There are three players that have the same ADP. So you guys are both going to be playing at the same time. The three players have an ADP of 79.75. And those players are Brian Robinson, Jamison Williams, and Mike Evans. And we only need the one with the highest. You need the one with no. the highest trade analyzer value. Um, Do you want to write it down and then say it at the same time or hold them up at the same time? That way there's no game theory involved. I here? wrote it down. Perfect. Oh, man, it's tough. If he already wrote it down, he was confident. All right. Let's reveal and say what you got. Dan's got Evans. Brian. Brian Robinson. Brian said Brian Robinson. Dan takes it home. Michael Evans is the highest trade analyzer value of this trio with 209. Can't believe Dan won with Mike Evans. (laughs) It is so fitting. (laughs) (laughs) Jameson Williams, 20204, and Brian Robinson last with 161.77. Oh, not only did you get it wrong, you got it wrong the worst. All right, that that was here. How about we get some applause for? You didn't even want to play, Dan. You're just glad you wanted to play. Yeah, the 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 champion flexes his muscles. Then that was fun. Good, good, um, fun game to play. So, Uh, I guess that's gonna do it. That's uh, the week eight edition of the DLF Dynasty podcast for Ryan and Matt. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.